Our next guest is a model, actress and now mum. She came to Australia's attention when she landed the role of Charlie Buckton, a policewoman in the much-loved Australian TV soap opera Home and Away. She was nominated for a Gold Logie in 2010 and 2012, and soon after she took her chances and moved to LA. Please welcome to the show Esther Anderson. Hey, Esther. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful, thanks. How are you? Uh, Very well. Just waking up in uh, good old Aussie town here. I know. You're such a good sport doing it at this hour. I know, but I'm an early bird, so it's okay. Yes, well, I'm now an early bird, but not by <laughs> not by choice. By choice. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us about your move to LA. Why did you actually originally do it? Um, oh, it's so funny. Actually, someone asked me that the other day, and I was like, oh. I think at the time I remember thinking I was so old. <laughs> I was 32 and thinking like I was pretty much, you know, over the hill. Hitting and it, the was peak. My, it was my last chance. Um, if I was going to do it and try LA, I had to do it then because um, I was only going to get older. And now looking back, I'm like, I was so young. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, I just – I um, – I – had Home and Away was my first role that I'd ever sort of, you know, played that I'd ever done, and um, I just I wanted to try other characters and see what else I was capable of, and and that's um, definitely the place to go to trial that out. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was the right decision, and I'm glad I did it. Um, but it definitely was a difficult decision. It was. Oh, it was a, I think the hardest thing about moving to LA, well, for me personally, was just the auditioning process. I mean, I'd had quite a bit of experience acting by that point. I'd done over 300 episodes of TV, which is a lot of experience yeah. work, but I'd had no experience auditioning and I'd Home and Away was my third audition ever. And wow. um, so then coming to America and doing it on such a huge scale in a different dialect um with really I was so green um you know I I think I just got I got very I had beginner's luck early on and was lucky to land some work early on and then um you know it's hard yeah the auditioning process is brutal here (laughs) oh I bet I bet that's actually um stemming on to my next question what do you think is the hardest thing about the move that a lot of Aussie actors take to go over there I think, um, I mean, you've got to have a bit of courage to, to do it anyway, to come here. You're such a small fish in, in the big sea. Um, and it's so competitive and everyone comes from all over the world at this time called pilot season, you know, at the beginning of the year when they cast all these pilots. And I, I think I just remember being in the audition room and seeing at that point it was when movie stars were really starting to work in television, probably even before I got But, you know, I would see sort of the actresses from from film that I was competing against who'd had a a lot more experience than me. Um, Oh, my God, I would fangirl and be like, (laughs) hi. (laughs) I did. I walked out (laughs) thinking, oh, that felt pretty good. And then I'd see someone and I'd just be like, oh, yeah, no hope. Um, (laughs) But, no, it was – it was – eye-opening, um, and it just made it, it just changed everything in terms of 
the whole industry when uh, um, a lot of film actors, you know, that traditionally just did films started doing television. Yeah, it's become it a lot more prevalent, hasn't it? It has, and they and now um, a lot of shows, you might still get an audition for it, but often they'll just give straight out offers to, sure. to actors. Um, so that was kind of daunting. And other than that, though, the and also in Australia, it's such a nice feeling in the room well, most of the time. You know, the casting director will have a little bit of a chat with you and they're like, do you want to just read it first before we put one down on tape? And, you've, you know, you're given sort of your best shot at it, whereas here you go in, you get one take and wow. and um, straight off the bat, no read through first, and that's you've just got to hit it straight away. Yeah, that would be really, really hard. I think that's the thing too that even even here in Australia – you don't even have to be that big a star for, you know, several people within the industry to know who you are, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, you uh-huh. could even be working as an extra, working your way up to, you know, a lead role and, and be in many, many productions and people start to get to know your face and just that sort of stuff. I think that because we're such a small country and, you know, the industry is, isn't is nowhere near as big as it is over there, um, it, it is a little bit easier here to sort of get known. Yeah, well, to get a foot in the door. Um, yeah. I think that's the whole sort of conundrum is, you know, you can look at it both ways. In Australia, it might be easier to get a foot in the door and certainly I was lucky enough to do that. But then... The focus um, is on your work then straight away. Yeah, but also you've got to look at longevity. I think that was one of the main reasons I moved as well. As, um, you know, I didn't want to have any regrets if I never tried it out here, but also um, there's only so many – it's only so big, the True. body of work that comes out of Australia. There's only so many opportunities. So with that many actors, that's why so many do come here is because there's just more opportunity and more chance to have a perhaps, you yeah. know, longer career or something like that. Very, very true. Very but for true. Me, the main thing, sorry to answer your question properly, apart from auditioning, um, the the hardest thing is definitely being away from family and leaving all your friends behind. And, I know. You know <laughs> yeah, that, that's been an ongoing thing that I, you know, battle with. Yeah, definitely. But I hear that you got a part um, in a pretty huge production when you first got over there called Siberia. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, yes. Siberia, um, that was a great job. That was, um, it was a kind of like a mystery thriller type show. Basically, it was it was about a reality show that's gone wrong. So we were playing reality show contestants um, in kind of like a survivor type scenario so we were competing for money and everything but it was a scripted drama in fact um which the audience didn't know to begin with um so it was so authentic in terms of like it really looked like a reality show um that people were a little bit confused I think that yeah people were like is this a reality show or is this a drama because I think by about episode four um someone dies and the producers don't really step in and then you realise, okay, this is going south. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was fun. I had a great character. Um, 
who kind of did anything to win. Like he really um, sort of threw people under the bus and used her, um, you know, sexual powers as a female to get her away. And it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was very different from what I'd just been playing. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But it was great. And you also brought back to film some scenes for some later episodes of Home and Away. What was it like returning? Yeah, that was amazing. I um, I bet. yeah, it was it was fantastic. It felt like uh, it just felt like going home. It yeah. felt like being home, seeing all my friends and all the crew, and um, you know, some of the cast had already changed over a little bit, but mostly. I knew everyone. My, all my scenes, though, were with Steve, so it was great to catch up with him again. But I, it was all as lovely as it was to be back. It was it was awful at the same time. I had just lost my stepmum, and like only maybe two weeks earlier or three weeks earlier, and I just this the nature of the scenes where I came back as a ghost, and I'm trying to tell Brax that he can move on and that our you know, our chance at love was cut short, but you should take this chance. And I remember just being so emotional, like, oh, and I'm supposed to be the strong one trying to, you know, tell him to move on and I'm just just barely holding it together for those scenes. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was hard, but it was nice to be around. Did you notice anything different, like, um, about the, about the production itself, the differences to the US to here? Uh, what was that? Sorry, what's the Did difference? Did you notice a big difference in production? I mean, I know that it's a huge industry over here. Did it coming back here feel a little bit simpler as such, <laughs> production-wise? Um, or was it the same as it, being on set anywhere? It's funny. It. I think it. I was expecting it in the US to be, you know, I thought so much more money, you'd probably get, you know, a lot more time and a lot more takes on everything. But I remember just no it's still being just as quick and I was glad like when I was on Siberia just being really grateful that I'd had that experience of trying to get your best take you know really quite quickly um because it's you know everywhere it's business everyone still no one that's it I suppose that's the thing they're still trying to get the best take and do it as quickly as possible because it's all costing money yeah yeah and then move on and um yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. It, so I mean, there there are differences. I yeah, I think um, if you're on a huge scale, big budget movie, then it you know might feel different. But at the same time, I think that puts a lot more pressure on you too because each take probably does cost so much more. There, yeah. Yeah, you can just pants talk. It's like Oprah, but not. Um, also, I know that you were married in 2017 and also just had your first beautiful little child, Forrest, in August. What's, yes. What has this change been like for you? Thank you. He came late, just at the very end of July, actually. Um, he, oh gosh, I mean, everything's changed. I bet. Absolutely everything for the for the best it's yeah it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me and um yeah he's he's amazing but it's like oh, I, I can't even explain I feel like I'm just coming out of the fog now I he's bet. he's seven and a half months and I feel like I, oh I'm just sort of it, it really puts you in the moment like 
it's just sort of keeping this <laughs> young child alive, basically, <laughs> so long. Uh, and then, um, yeah, with the daylight savings changing here about a week ago, oh. I learnt this trick. They said, oh, look, if your baby's waking early, then um, put your blackout blinds up and, um, you know, this will be a good chance for, to make them sleep later because he was waking up sort of six, which isn't bad. But, it's not too you bad. Know, it's not too bad, not for you, but I, um, oh, my gosh. You like your sleep. <laughs> I like my sleep. And after seven and a half months of sleep deprivation, um, you know, that just sounds heaven if he would sleep till seven. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we haven't got the blackout blinds yet. We've ordered them or we've ordered the fabric. So at the moment I've got garbage bags blacked out. He, his bedroom's like a cave, the poor thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Whatever works. But he, it works and I've just dropped the dream feed it. 10.30 p.m. So now he sleeps from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Wow, that's amazing. Um, in the last, so yeah, it's only been the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, oh, I feel like a different person. I bet. You're finally coming out of the fog. Finally coming out of the fog, but it's the best. Like, I feel so, so lucky I've, um, you know, just had all this time to focus on him and um, be with him and get to know him. He's changing constantly and I it's bet. just mind-blowing. Oh, I heard the other day, sorry, I know this is not an interview about babies, but <laughs> I heard the other day that a one-year-old's brain activity is closer to an adult's than a newborn's. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, supposedly from the ages of like one to five, their brains are just absolute sponges. You can, That's where you can teach them other languages if you wanted to and stuff like that, and they're, they're going to yeah. absorb it and and learn it really quickly. It actually uh, goes for a couple of years. Sorry? It actually goes for a couple of years. Okay, yeah, well, I need to get him, you know, into <laughs> some language classes. <laughs> start things, so I don't start speaking Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got hola. I don't hola. Think I'm saying. hola. And tell um, us about your beautiful husband. Oh, he, um, Howie. You've met Howie. I he, have um, met Howie. Yeah, I um, he's the. I've got two. It's like Howie and Howie Junior with Forrest. They're identical. They're so. Oh, they're... I see so many of the same expressions, and um, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. Howie's doing well. He's loving fatherhood. That's I think, brilliant. Yeah, he's he's doing really well. It's um. And it was just I a chance meeting with you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, we got set up actually. On by some mutual friends, um, yeah, which was incredible. I said no first to, to this blind date because I'd been set up on a couple previously that were really, really bad. And then um, he ended up coming to a Christmas party, like a pub crawl Christmas party that I was going to, and I realised it was him. I was like, oh, gosh, please still be single. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you idiot, Esther. Um and he was, and yeah, we, it was pretty much love at first sight, I'd say, as close as to, close to what love at first sight is, was it? Yeah, I think that that's the thing, you really, I mean, you know, you've met my husband, and yeah. you really do know, like, it, it, it is a different feeling, it's, it's, like I knew with Sam, I, you know, when I first met him, that it was, I didn't know he was going to end up being my husband, but I knew that. It was going to be different and it was going to be special. I knew that there was something different about this guy. Yeah, 
did it feel familiar? Like to me, it felt familiar without him. In terms of like, I felt like I knew him yeah. straight away. Yeah. Well, funny enough, I mean, you know, yeah. he and I talked for hours and hours and hours, and you know, it was it was such an easy flow of conversation, and and it was just like for talking hours to a and friend. hours and hours. The first time we met. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I mean, it, it is almost like talking to a friend. It it just falls yeah. that automatically into it. Yeah, it was. I yeah, I thought maybe we've had a lifetime together before or something, but it yeah. was just very instantaneous. No, it is. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So, what has been the greatest challenge over there for you? Uh, like I said before, probably being away from my family yeah. um, is the hardest thing. Mum just got an iPhone. This well, we gave her an old one of Howard's, and she just got it set up this week. And yesterday was the first time we FaceTime, and, oh, and she's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it was so cool!" So at least that's that's good after yeah. being here, you know, so long, so she can see Forest now. It really you know. does make a difference. Ah, oh, huge difference, and especially um, with parents that like without you know, because our parents are young, so it's. <laughs> It's, you know, it, it makes a big difference when they get a little bit more tech savvy and are able to do this sort of stuff. Because at the beginning, I mean, my parents had no idea, absolutely no idea. Oh. Dad's quite tech savvy now and mum's, you know, mum's getting That's there. Good. <laughs> That's good. No, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't give my parents a hard time because I'm terrible as well, as you know me. It must I'm run in the family. Pardon? <laughs> it must run in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness I've got Howie. Um, but yeah, so that's made a difference. Well, in the last day. Um, but and I, you know, it's important for me to get back as much as possible, um, and for them to come here as much as possible. But it's you know now with Forest, I did the last trip. I came back in when was it? Uh, Jan. Oh, I can't remember January or February. Yeah, I think it was January, February. And Howard had work. He couldn't come, so I did the flight on my own. But, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's full on. Full on. Because it's still it's, – it's 15 hours, isn't it? 15 – At least it's direct, and he did it well. It just, you know. Uh, it's, all, it's mainly all the anxiety just about what could potentially happen, I think. <laughs> totally. And then, you know, just sort of holding him until he would fall asleep. Yeah, I thought my arms were going to drop off at one point. Like on the way there, it was fine. On the way back, I remember the air stewards just coming around, going, "He's still not asleep," and I was just like holding him, going, "Not yet." (laughs) (laughs) Every time I'd put him in the bassinet, he'd wake up and, oh. Oh, you should do the old thing that they used to do: give them a bit of brandy or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If only I felt comfortable doing that. I know. I know. I'd be the same. I think. Um, funny enough, like what's it, raising a child in the US, do you recognise any differences to your, up, your own upbringing here in Australia? Uh, well, obviously I've only been raising a child for, you know, the last seven months or whatever. However, but I suppose you've, you've already got an American child. <laughs> I know, but That's yeah, so I mean, bizarre. we've talked about it in my mummy and me classes a bit, like they already have bringing up. The subject of preschool wow. um, and everything because apparently some people are like getting on waiting lists already and I think uh, I just was like 
preschool here can range from eleven thousand a year to twenty five thousand dollars a year, and that's not even full time. That's for like, you know, if, if maybe half day, a few days a week, or whatever. And I just thought that is insane. Like, how that does everyone? That is insane. I and then obviously you're paid for middle school and college. Like, it just the expense. It's just. Um, crazy that makes sense to me now because it's funny when you watch ellen or something and they give away you know they'll give somebody money for college you know tuition and you see how excited they get you can that's the reason why they're getting excited it's so expensive absolutely like i've got friends that have you know got incredible um professions you know doctors and lawyers and things like that and they've been working for quite a few years and just said, no, so many of us will not be able to afford to be a homeowner because we're just in debt for so long. Yeah. And these are like really well-paid jobs. I just thought it's crazy. Um, and then the other thing that is very different, obviously, is just the the culture here and like the, I mean, the gun issue just terrifies me. Okay. Um, so I don't know this whole schooling thing. Or, I, we're happy here at the moment, um, but part of me still dreams about my kids sort of being in Australia. Yeah, because it would be quite surreal, I suppose, because once he starts school and stuff, he'll be actually probably coming home with an American accent. He definitely will be. Yeah, my yeah. friend, you know, Bernard Curry, yeah. he's grew up here for the first, you know, for about five years, and Fox had a full American accent and everything, and it's, yeah. Funny enough, there's um, a lot of adults here and parents that I know that are talking about their children and then, I mean, these are Australian children. Um, and children here are starting to get American accents purely from watching so much American TV. You're kidding. And no. So there's one friend of mine and her, her daughter speaks in an American accent purely because she only watches American cartoons. I kind of, as an act, if, if, if you knew, if you could have a crystal ball and you could look into the future and you knew you were going to be an actor and come to America, I'd say, great, just do it all the time because then you don't have to learn how to do it later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very but true. But otherwise, that's quite wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely bizarre. But, I mean, I, I, I think it's also quite, when you, when you think about it, well, no wonder, really. Yeah, we're not apparently here. Well, our doctors said it's not good for for us to watch TV till 18 months. Um, I was like, that sounds like a long time. But yeah, but try and keep them away as much as possible, I think, because the one thing yeah. I, I have noticed about children these days is they, they barely look up from screens these days. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I Too mean, many only... people use them as a babysitter, I think. No, yeah, no, trying not to do that. Oh, the only time I've done it is on the plane, then the doctor said, okay, oh, yeah. all can go out the window on the plane. Well, that's whatever, it. whatever to keep. Whatever works, happy. exactly. I agree. So, Esther, tell us what we can see you in next. Uh, well, I've got um, a couple of films coming out. One's coming out July. I don't have a um, hard release date yet, but I've got a film called Madness in the Method, which is with. Um, Silent Jay, Jason Mewes and Silent Bob, Jay and Silent Bob films. I don't know if you've seen them. They're kind of cult movies. Okay. Which are, yeah, um, and it was Jay's directorial debut, um, which we shot while I was pregnant, actually. Yeah. I did 
did the first few scenes while I was 10 weeks pregnant and then the end of the my scenes um, filmed in England and I was about five months pregnant, so sitting behind a desk um, trying to hide the tummy. Um, but that was a lot of fun. I played a policewoman but very different to Charlie Buckton. Um, I was the chief of police and she's kind of a little bit... A little bit naughty, a little bit cheeky. Charlie's worked her way up. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know, chief of police. Um, and then I've done another film, Appleseed, which I shot just before I fell pregnant. Um, so that should come out fairly soon as well. And that's a beautiful story with, you would have known, you would know of Ron Howard, his father, oh, Rance yeah. Howard, who passed away. He's, that was his last film. Yeah. And it, yeah, he's amazing in it. So I got to play the lead, the That's girl that exciting. got away in that. What a person to meet and work with. Oh, he was incredible. He, oh, he's yeah. That whole family come. are just so talented. Yes, the apples didn't fall far from the tree. Not at all. <laughs> like yeah, um, he... Ron's daughter, just I mean, she's one of my favorite actresses. Oh, I met her at the preview for Appleseed because we've seen the preview. Um, oh, I would have fully fangirled. <laughs> oh, I, just, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, she <laughs> came out of the bathroom. She was in the bathroom before me and I didn't realise that it was her in there and I'm waiting and, and then she came out and I was just like, oh, hi. Um, well, I guess I'll talk to you out there rather than holding her up in the toilet, bailing her up. She didn't have it. You know, an out. <laughs> Funny enough, I was the same way. And, and, and I mean, I've met a lot of celebrities and a lot of actors, a lot of actors, a lot of singers. The funny, especially doing makeup, you know. Um, but the, yeah. the one person that really got me was Nicole Kidman. Because ah, I, I went to, um, my friend was in Moulin Rouge and as one of the ah. principal dancers. And so he invited me to the rap party. Um, ah. And so we got to the rap party, which was absolutely phenomenal it's a you know it was a one million dollar party which was held at the studios in Sydney and we sort of walked in and he got me there just because his parents were also going so I was sort of chaperoning them so they wouldn't get bored and as soon as we walked in he sort of rushed us straight around and we're, we're walking through this crowd and I didn't even know where we were going and then all of a sudden he just stops and there's Nicole Kidman standing in front of me putting a hand out to shake my hand and I'm just like <laughs> I didn't know so what to do. So as well. She's like uh, a, you know, supermodel. Like she literally so glowed. Do you know what I mean? Like she was like this this aura. It was just amazing. I love her. I, I um, love her too. Oh, I love Big Little Lies. I'm so excited about Oh, I know. Such a good show. Well, yeah. Now, listen, Esther, we've got some fun questions just to end the show with. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So what's the last thing you watched on TV and why did you choose to watch it? Well, actually, we just start, well, now that Forrest is sleeping so well, I've got a little bit more time to watch something again. We started last night um, the new Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I started that the other day too. I didn't get much into it because I didn't have time, but I did start it. It looks good. Yeah, it's funny. I love him. He's great. Yeah, um, me too. So that was that was really that was funny. And then, um, but the one I sort of started the other night and binge watched a little bit when Howard was away for work is Working Mums. That's another one on Netflix, and it it's just so relative 
at the moment for me. <laughs> it's like they're, they're going to mummy and me classes and, and the ladies, you know, pumping at work, expressing who, who, milk. Who is in that? I think I've seen an episode of that too. It's really good. It's really good. And uh, I don't know if it's just because it was very relatable, but I'm pretty sure, you know, most people would still find it entertaining. Um, so that was a good one. Love it. And what is the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? <laughs> not, not funny, embarrassing, everything. Like, pretty much weekly or daily something happens. Um, I used to be able to blame baby brain, which is a real thing. Oh, <laughs> um, and now I've, And then I've blamed sleep deprivation for the last seven months, but now that he's sleeping, you know, so well, I don't, I've got no excuse. <laughs> but, I mean, the other day I opened the fridge and I found my phone in the oh, fridge. I wasn't no. even looking for it. I was just like, oh, there's my phone. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> it worked. But the worst, last week, so poor little Forrest, he had um, a lot of food intolerances from, from about, oh, since he was born. You know, we tried everything on my milk. Like I, when I was breastfeeding, I eliminated Dairy, soy, nuts, wheat, like pretty much there was nothing no. I could eat except for boiled chicken and veggies. Um, and he was still having all these tummy issues. And so we'd be, the doctor would say, okay, bring a stool in for us to, you know, just check if there's any blood still in it. This is after he was on, we found a formula that he could have. And um, I've done this several times. And then last week, I, um, <laughs> I put the, Poop in, in the, my bag, in my handbag the night before because basically you don't have a handbag when you become a mum. You're the You've baby the bag, big, your handbag. Yeah. And so I put the poop in, in a plastic bag, obviously, the night before. And then the next morning, um, oh, I forget, maybe I'd run out of milk or something anyway, and how he was working from home in the morning. So I was like, right, I can duck to the supermarket because getting errands done without forest is oh, a lot bet. quicker and easier. And I'm driving to the supermarket and all of a sudden I'm just smelling something. I'm like, am I accidentally like oh, wind and I'm not aware of it? I'm like, I just didn't put two and two together. I'm like, do I stink? And then I get to the supermarket and um, I'm at the checkout. So once I stood still again, trying to smell this smell again and the lady behind me she's oh, like no. looking at me, screwing her nose up at me and I've realized oh my god I've got the poop in my bag and I'm I'm like I went to explain to her and then I'm like but I don't have a baby with me she's oh. like I believe that I've got a baby's poop in my bag and so I'm I like step away a little bit from the guy in front of me as if to like screw my nose up at him just to say the stinky one blame it on someone else <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Oh, that's um, hilarious. Yeah, so... Don't worry, it no. happens to all of us the other day, only just the other day. I, I I also don't sleep a lot, and it's not, you know... I mean, I don't sleep a lot anyway, but then having a husband that snores and a big St. Bernard that throws himself around the room all night, I don't get a lot of sleep. So the other day I was very sleep-deprived, and I actually took my socks off and <laughs> went to make a coffee and... Then all of a sudden I turned around and I went to throw something in the garbage bin and there were my socks. And oh, I'd no. I'd thrown them in the bin rather than the, the um, washing machine. Oh, 
Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, so it happens to all of us, trust me. That's show. Hang on, he uses it like a bumper bar. That's all right. Um, he's crying. Can I go get Yeah, him? yeah, go do, do it. Hang on, hold on one sec. Oh, So, Esther, I, I love that story. And, I mean, you know, we, we all have, we all get the baby brain, I think, whether you've got a baby or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, Thank listen, you. I wanted to, I know you've got to go back to your little man and, um, you know, give him your attention, not out, you know, not us. <laughs> they require a lot of attention. I've oh, just I discovered. know they do. It's like I, um, I remember my dog took that much attention when he was a baby. I never slept. Oh no, I I remember just thinking when my sister had Clancy, like, what do you do all day? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I eat, feed, yeah, I feed and sleep and. All day long. You just don't realise how much work it is. It's, you know, I mean, I know, and, and I'm not joking. I mean, people would probably laugh thinking I'm talking about a dog compared to a child, but that really woke me up to what mothers do. I, I was, I literally didn't sleep for two and a half months. I was beside myself, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what someone described it as. They said, what to, like, would you take a job that's pretty much... Um, seven days a week, um, 12 hours a day, but then you're on call at night. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> and and some ma- and some mothers are doing that alone, you know what I mean? They don't even uh, have a partner to back them up. Single parents or, or, or parents with multiple, more than one baby, like you. Hands down. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I bow at their feet. I literally do. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, so it was good to chat, eh? Oh, likewise. Always good to chat to you. And I'm still, I'm sure the listeners are going to love hearing what you're up to over there. I'm uh, sure you're very thanks. missed in Australia. Say hello, Australia. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a brilliant day and thank you so much for chatting to us. We really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Yeah, good to, good to chat and we'll speak soon. All righty. Bye. Bye. Love a podcast? Love some Ants Talk.